Yo, what's up, people? Welcome back to the Other Side of the Sun podcast. This is the Solar Kid, and uh, today I have uh, my good friend Adam Popley. And uh, hey, yeah, hello. Hey, what's up, bro? He is a illustrator, visual artist. Tell me if I'm yeah. uh, giving you a wrong introduction. Uh, no, I kind of say like a new age visual artist. New age know. visual artist. Yeah. Environmental activist. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So and um, yeah, new age visual artist. There. So that like kind of encompasses many different disciplines, right? Yeah. Well, um, I think it's hard. You know, nowadays, kind of. Referring to as just an artist, like art involves at the moment so many different attributes. So I don't think it's fair to say kind of I'm a photographer or I'm a climate change activist because I'm looking at a new way of perceiving art. So that's why I go with the new age visual art. So I'm a multimedia venture capitalist. (laughs) (laughs) I hope the money comes in, bro. Oh, no, but I mean, just a little bit of background. Basically, I met Adam on the theater production that we were both taking for Marv Radio. He was in a previous podcast. Check that out. Um, And it was the Mantra Theater production at the Rada Studios in London. And um, yeah, I remember just like from the day I met you, I just felt like I knew you, man. I just felt like. I'm like, yeah, I just felt like we've always been friends kind of thing. And it just kind of yeah. went on from there. I just felt comfortable with you. We worked together. We did an amazing, um, I did the sound and you did all of the visuals and stuff for Mars Project. And it was a, li- a really good experience and how we kind of connected. Yeah. It's a blessing from the universe, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So you want to tell me like a bit about, uh, for people who obviously may not know, like a bit about your background. Um, yeah, yeah sure. show in life as well. Yeah, so I mean, I studied at the Arts University in Bournemouth. Um, I studied digital media production. And I think going into that, I knew I was going to approach my degree with kind of an open book. Um, so it was time for me to kind of experiment and find kind of my direction as an artist. Um, I think it was quite tricky because I guess coming from school and coming from a Catholic school, I never had a lot of support being an artist. And then coming into university, I also had kind of a very similar experience. Um, My course was kind of tailored towards people who were either doing music production or they had their kind of genre of where they stayed, whereas I was doing bits of everything. So my course had no idea how to Was it a kind of new course like in the curriculum? Was it like something new that they developed or... Yeah, I mean, it was digital media production. So, I mean, you would hope coming in with a new course like that, that you would you would facilitate the the kind of the openness for dialogue in the visual language and the digital language. Yeah, because it's but quite I a broad um, term and field, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was just, oh, man, I, I don't know. I think hot, university I found is like, it's almost like a status thing, you know, yeah. where it's, and I felt like coming from, school and my background it was always taught going to university this is what you do to be successful mm. um and looking back on it now to be honest i, I don't even know if I, I needed to go to university you know i think i think in europe definitely you do i mean like coming mm. from uh, south africa 
like I had to go in order to stay. And also I noticed the large percentage of people who actually had degrees, even if they weren't like very bright. <laughs> first came here, I was like, yo, everyone's got degrees. Yeah, I was like, what's going yeah. on? You know, whereas in South Africa, it's quite a, a privilege thing. You have to, first of all, either be super clever to get a bursary mm. or, or like general people can't afford to go to university. Where over year, over year, you can like even just get general courses, general degrees, stuff like that. It's like, it's an easier transition into it. So, I mean, for me, I would say that piece of paper does hold a lot of weight, but I understand where you're coming from in terms of like art and in the perspective of art, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, it's a piece of paper, isn't it? Yeah, when I think as well, for me, I think it ties you into the system because with the debt that I've now got, that's um, going to be lingering over my head now until I can afford to pay it off. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the tangent that I was coming at is like, for me, was it the best thing? And I should see. I have a bit more mentorship, mentorship when I was younger to be like, actually, if you want to be an artist, this is what you can do instead. Mm. Whereas I followed the whole uni thing and now I'm like... yeah. And the thing is, if you had found a good mentor, they would have taught you how to be an entrepreneur, you know, and you would have probably been just gone straight in and start earning money from your art instead of now like earning money. And then when you earn over a certain threshold, now you have to pay back for this tertiary education. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think my, I mean, I, I, I love the whole experience and it's maybe who I am today. So, and the projects I was able to do. And I think, Actually, fundamentally, as an artist, it may be who I am today. Mm. Uh, um, and it's just even, you know, projects that I was doing then, I'm kind of coming back to now to reassess from a different perspective and how can I, how can I broaden that horizon of what I did to now step forward, you know, and upwards. So, no, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful process. When did you finish? I finished in, um, oh my God, 2015. Wow, five years ago. Five years ago. And what's it been like since then? A roller coaster, to be quite (laughs) frank. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's it's not been easy. It's not been easy, but it's been, um, it's been incredible. I think, do you know what? Now, since being the whole COVID thing's kicked off, I think it's given me a hell of a lot of time to reflect. Um, regather thoughts, plan my new direction. And I think it's actually looking back at everything I've achieved since university. I'm proud of myself. Like, yeah. I, I, I really did hustle hard. And I think that's one thing I always have to give myself credit for because I kind of feel sometimes in London, you, you, you don't give enough credit to yourself for the amount that you've done. So I think this personal reflection time has given me time. Yeah, man, five years. Like, I, I mean, I time, no time in London for me just always seems to just like, I mean, up until the COVID thing hit, like, it just always seems like it's moving so quickly, man. And yeah. I notice it more when I go abroad. Like, when I come back, when I go abroad, time seems to like kind of stand still, even if it's like a week or two or something. And the minute you come back to London, it's like ping, 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 3G, 4G's on, five, you know, there's just like messages, emails, blah, 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 time go. Next thing you know, it's like five months later, and she, I went on holiday, like, oh, I went to bro, like, how long ago? It's yeah, weird, it's man. scary. But I think it actually, made it, I think it brings you down to the point of like, okay, then how, if I'm living in such a fast-paced city, what can I do to make sure that I hold my own time? And that's what I'm doing at the moment, yeah. you know, really going back into like, meditation and like breathing exercises to just take my own time back 
No, it's, it's a weird. It's been a weird experience, actually. But it's 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 been enlightening. That's I think the best thing about it. No, I mean definitely. It's such. A, I think a lot of people in this time would probably go the either of two extremes: is either go inward reflection and um, you know meditation or that kind of thing, or they probably just do more of the the bad things that they usually do to themselves. You know, like self harm. Like not in terms of like probably if they drink they've probably just been drinking loads you know what i mean it's yeah. like good or, or i mean whatever whereas yeah. like a lot of people i think in this time have probably been forced to do that you know just like self-reflect you know yeah well to be totally honest with you man at the beginning of covid i had to take a real close look at my old habits because i was going through self-destruct and i was like actually this isn't the life i want to lead anymore and, you know, I want to set my aspirations a lot higher and move forward on a more conducive journey to where I want to be mm. and not waste time. And I do honestly think since the whole COVID's given people this time, you either use it for your benefit or actually some people are suffering. A lot of people I know who are suffering. And the scariest thing in the past couple of weeks is for me hearing the increase in suicide rates. That yeah, me, mental health uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, okay. and it's some people just don't have the support or don't have, you know, who, who can't reach out. And I, I, that that's that's sad as humanity. We've reached a point that that's the case, you know. No, I mean, I thought about, I think about that a lot. Like, I mean, imagine people who are in abusive relationships or, yeah. you know what I mean, and stuff. And now you're being forced to stay at home with this fucker or this yeah. person who's like, you know, abusing you constantly and you have to be around this person all the time. Yeah, like, that's like does surprise me that suicide rates have gone up, you know. Yeah, but you know, I think it's it, it makes people. It should, and I hope it makes people think as a society. Then, what is society and we doing wrong as humans to kind of look at this situation and analyze it and give people a different way of you know living their lives instead of feeling that that's the only resort they have. Mm. Um, and you know, I think it's like even as part of my journey, I'm looking at how I can maybe use my art for doing art therapy or helping people through kind of, you know, the more spiritual way of things to bring in light into their lives, whatever shape or form that might be. Yeah, that's it. Cause that actually leads into my next question. Cause I was going to say, we'll touch on spirituality, but I wanted to understand a bit about your, you know, the art up until this point and your process. But then I suppose if you can take us from, what your art was like and is and where it's going and then we can delve a bit more into you know yeah for sure so for when i was in university i kind of concentrated on climate change and a lot of my journey is around climate change so i've done a climate change performance in iceland as my final major wow, um so i just kind of it was really weird i had a dream that i needed to go to iceland i saw everything in the dream that i needed to record this climate change this video almost as like a real activist protests against you know the, the oil companies and these people who are destroying mother earth and i said to my tutor and i said look i know you're going to think i'm crazy but i just booked a ticket to iceland and he was like uh, uh and i was like there's nothing really you can say now because it's done so i'm going um and it was just it, it was almost serendipitous the way that the whole journey happened i was able to find rubbish that was dumped in the landscape so i performed on this rubbish and went to, you know, the glacier lagoon, went into the lagoon, almost caught hypothermia. And 
just this crazy, like it, performing in a live volcano. Like, yeah, it was really like healing. And I was just like, after it all happened, it went so quick. And I was on the plane home and I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, what just <laughs> happened? And then I came back and then this, thank goodness, this guy I connected with a uni produced a track for me, done the edit, got the edit done. And it was just like, it was something otherworldly that kind of stepped in, almost like my higher, my higher self stepped in and was like, this is what's going to happen and this is how it's going to happen. Wow. And you I was that beacon of light to, to navigate it, I guess. Um, and yeah, the movement from there, man, is fighting against the commercial art gallery world to find my voice. Um, so everything I've kind of, then I lead it, I led on to kind of doing a publication with um, a couple of my friends called the earth issue. And we kind of set that up and, you know, I'd done what I needed to do in that process and that was brilliant. And now they're doing really good things, but you know, I had to take myself out of that journey because I'd done whatever I needed to do in that piece. Mm. Um, and then from there, I guess kind of, you know, I lost my direction for a couple of years because I went into the corporate world of money and sucked into like, okay, well, forget about hey. your art. Now it's time to earn money. Money, like, baby. Uh, yeah. Money <laughs> make the world go round. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I, I don't want to say like, because I hate saying that I have regrets, but I, to a certain extent, I do regret making that decision because... You know, I lost myself for two years. It also really affected my mental health. And it was two years of my life that I I was not creating. And after university, it was like I'd done so many things and done exhibitions and traveled to California and done like a, a documentary there of artists to find inspiration for myself, meeting people like Doze Green, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, these these people in the industry gave me so much inspiration, but I was listening to kind of what society tells you to do. And and that's what I'm Conform, conform. Yeah. <laughs> Conformity. Get a mortgage, <laughs> pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a load of shit. But, but you know, uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, you say it's a regret, but like you have to lose yourself in order to find yourself again. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, Amen. and it's in those dark moments that you have to really go to the depths of your soul before you can find. You have to like, for me, I believe like you have to know darkness in order to, I mean, in, in order to truly experience the light. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't, ex like if someone wanted to lead me to some new religion and they'd never like smoked a joint or like did any drugs or anything, I'd be like, but nah, maybe not so extreme, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. You kind of need it's to know your balance, dog. really, isn't it? I think that's what it taught me. It's the essence of balance. And yeah. And you know, it's like, I guess it's that yin to yang. You have to understand your darkness to find your light. And I think that's what I was trying to avoid, was avoid the darkness so much. But when the darkness hit me, I was like, oh gosh, yeah. right, it's time to deal with this. Because it never leaves you, you know? I mean, like, uh, the darkness is always there hovering about waiting for your weak moments, waiting for your down moments, waiting for you in your least, no matter how much you grow spiritually, it's always there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just learning to balance those energies, you know, and yeah. obviously um, like a friend of mine, well, somewhere it's depending which wolf you feed more constantly, yeah. you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. It gets bigger basically, you know? Yeah. The other wolf doesn't disappear. It stays there trying to snap at your heels whenever it can. 
Yeah, and I think if it was just, oh, I think it was overpowering when it, it caught me so off guard. And then I was like in, in downturn. I was like, okay, I just gave myself all up to it. And and that, I think, has been the hard, was probably one of the hardest processes of my life I've been to today because I was coming then after that whole period of being in the, the corporate world. I knew I was like, okay, this is not for me. And things got quite dark in that world. So I was like, right. Then went back to my art and finding I think I met you just after as you came out of the. Say that again. So I think I met you just as you were coming out of the corporate world thingy. Yeah, yeah, you did. The Mar- I think Marv's project was the second project after I'd yeah left that job, and I mean you could see, man. I was I was doing the project, but also I wasn't fully there, which saddened me because it was like I was trying to find that belief that I was good enough to do that again. Mm. So that was a that was a hard journey to to go through, but um, from then it was just kind of then moving. Climate change is always going to be something that stuck with me. But then I think I was starting to explore my art then as like a queer man and understanding, okay, I'm actually finding my sexuality is something I want to explore through my art. And, you know, I think going into kind of the the underground scene of the music scene and the, the underculture of London and started allowing me to see different ways I could express myself. And I was like, Okay, like therapy, isn't it? In this bubble of what society, yeah, 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 yeah. That's another. That's but another yeah, point I wanted to actually. And like, yeah, no, carry on, carry on. Um, and yeah, I think it was just, yeah, things started happening again. I I noticed that things were aligning, and I was like, okay, well, now it's time. My art needs its voice again, and and it happened so magically, like. The way that things align, sometimes you just have to let them let them flow. Mm. Um, but I knew the darkness was still there, so it was still something that I was kind of contending with and making sure I tried to stay mentally aware of what was going on. But I knew it was always going to be something that if I didn't eventually come to terms with, it was just going to take me under. Yeah, I wanted to actually ask you a bit about that because I find it, I find it really fascinating. The, um, I mean, I, I find pe- I find people and their stories fascinating, and like especially the story about you know the gay man who's stuck in the closet and then needs to find a way to express himself. Because I'm sure, pretty much in every society, unless you grow up in some like fucking completely open society, which up until like recently, I don't think there are many. There probably are like pockets of places where people are just socially like maybe San Francisco or some shit like that. Yeah. Like where I grew up, I mean, it was pretty homophobic and it took me a long time to overcome a lot of like perceptions I had about like, you know, people who were gay or whatever. And yeah. And um, yeah, like I remember your story as well. Like it really kind of touched me as well. So I wanted to just talk a bit about that. Like what, like, what, like I mean, I suppose because as, as boys and I don't know about you, like a lot, a lot of guys are taught to be hard and to be this mm-hmm. and, you know, you're not allowed to show you this side and don't cry and big boys don't cry and all that kind of shit. So yeah. it's, it's hard, like, you know. Yeah, and I think because as well, I guess it's also culture being mixed race. My mum's Catholic, my dad's Hindu. Yeah. My mum was brought up in Ireland. My dad was brought up in, was, well, we were born in Kathmandu. And we, we have like other, well, anyway, that's a whole other story. But yeah, <laughs> like the Indian heritage and the Irish heritage. That's about um, that. <laughs> it's just a conundrum of like, they've grown up in a very like narrow in a narrow-minded view. And, you know, being gay is totally wrong. So 
It's also it's a it's a beautiful thing that also my brother's gay, so we both have each other to but like not, help each other. Not in Hinduism, really. I think in in Hinduism, it's accepted. Like um, no, no. I mean, you could probably see it in the scriptures, and like that, that it's evident that it's there. But yeah, yeah. Being I suppose a, maybe more culturally than actually in terms of scripture, because I do know that. Um, yeah, it must be it must be more cultural thing as well. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just weird, actually, because the Indian men are very, like, a lot more kind of closely-closely than Western men, you know? They're, like, they're not afraid to hold hands and hug each other. It's an African thing as well. African men hold hands and stuff like that. But I don't don't think it's on a very, like, that kind of level. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I suppose it's just this, I don't know what it is, man. Society and the preconceptions and stuff. Yeah, so I think it's that's always been a fact, and I I think because I'm the oldest son as well, I've always had um, this expectation from my parents to bring bring home the wife, bring home the kids. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, one, I'm an artist. Two, I'm into men, and three, well, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'd make a good dad, man. Yeah, well, let's see. I kind of want a, an army of dogs, man. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> did it take, yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, did that process take a long time? Like, were you undercover for a long time? Or, like, but yeah, I had a girlfriend for like three and a half years. Oh, shit. Okay. So I actually convinced myself to the extent that I was, I was straight. And and I just yeah it was and even thinking about that now because my friends ask me about that now they're like wait but you were with a girl for three and a half and I was like yeah no (laughs) (laughs) but if you look at a lot of people actually if you look at like not my not not my generation but older generations a lot of the older generations only come out at like in their fifties and sixties man that is so sad. Yeah, you know, because then they have a wife and a kids, and they've they've conformed to this society construct, and then you know their their wife is then broken hearted because yeah, she's like, wait, but you've been living a lie, our whole relationship. Then now that's where things get a bit like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's mm-hmm. tough. That's really yeah, tough. Yeah, and no, I think I think it's it's. I mean, nowadays it's it's obviously changing, and like kids are much more aware of themselves and and what's going on and stuff as well. So. Yeah, it's definitely changing in that that respect. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I'm still not out of it, man. I'm still discovering it. I've, thank goodness, got my got myself to a realm where I'm like, okay, I actually want to just go to therapy, and I'm in also there's the, like gay men's therapy, which is incredible because actually speaking to a gay man, I found because I went before to a kind of a straight therapist, but a gay mm-hmm. therapist is a yeah because you can share similar experiences, isn't it? yeah and also he's ethnic as well so that helped me yeah. he understands because then there's you've got all the layers then ticked you know because i fe- i feel if it was um like a white therapist you wouldn't understand my journey being a mixed race man and a mixed race gay man because it's very different to being a white gay man there's know? layers so having that yeah <laughs> let's peel back them onion layers shall we Lots of layers <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been beautiful, man. I think finally coming to a stage where you hold your own truth is is a, one of the most magical experiences. And well, I, I think can you know, see, I, man, you look so centered these days. You look really 
in tune, you know what I mean, with your with your spirit, like you seem. Yeah, it's, it's, and it comes with, and that's beautiful. You say that because I hope I think it does. When your spirit starts aligning, it can, it comes across to people, especially people who know you well. Like they can feel that from you. Mm. Um, yeah, I when I met you, bro, you were like you were. I could feel your that you had a beautiful soul and you know like a, a good energy, but you were like. You know, and I mean, you were still getting shit done. Don't get me wrong; like you were on point doing your shit. But like, I could just see that there was loads going on there, man. Yeah, lots, lots that needed to get worked out. And I think as well. I think going back to my art, without my art, I'm. It's not worth me living in this lifetime. Like my art is my everything. You know, without my art, I, I don't feel. I don't feel human. Like mm. it, it goes so deep. Like, and I think that's the thing at the moment that I'm really trying to to hold true is that how do I then facilitate this to, to carry on, you know? So did you, um, I saw you did a, was that your, with Alice Black, was that like your first exhibition or was that with? Um... No, that was, that, so Alice, I used to work with her at another gallery. She then went off and done her own journey and opened up her own gallery. Okay. Um, and yeah, she was basically, it was called, the exhibition was Twilight of the Idols. Mm. Um, and it was an amazing exhibition with kind of established artists and up and coming artists. Um, but me and Alice have been in conversation for a while about, you know, me putting on work in her gallery and it came at the right time. And for me, and it's weird that that thing we're talking about with trying to make it as an artist in London, because for me, I thought, oh, being with now Cardi Gallery, I've achieved the top level of success, but actually, it isn't really because that's still a whole nother ball game, you know. So Being with who? Sorry, you. I think you just broke up there. Yeah. Uh, with Cardi Gallery, oh, Cardi, Cardi Gallery in Milan and in London. So um, my work uh, got seen by an independent curator at the Royal College, um, and then from there she was just like, "I want to get you a show," and um, yeah, she got me a show with Cardi. So it's just it's nice now that I can then show you know, look, I've been with Alice Black. Cardi Gallery have seen that I've got talent and it's things you almost have to tick off as an artist. I'm yeah, thinking. it's the same thing. You always, you need validation as an artist, man, in any in any sphere of the arts. like, And I find you constantly proving yourself. Like with me, anytime I get a new gig, unless it's a client I've worked with or someone who knows me or knows my work and yeah. learning, like I have to prove myself again. You know what I mean? Like even if they've seen the references or stuff, they say, look, I've done this. But you still have to constantly prove to people like, yo, I'm, I'm worthy. <laughs> yeah. And that's a hard thing as well. Cause it, 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 it I mean, it cuts at your ego sometimes because you're mm. like, wait, am I just not even good enough? And you doubt yourself, but you have to... Even though you've think, been doing it for like years or whatever, it's like... <laughs> like, hello, I've been doing this for like 11 years now. Like, how long before you're just like, okay. Yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing right now, you know. Yeah. Like, I still go through that all the time, man. Like, yeah. literally, you know. Okay. But that's going back to the point. It's like holding your truth, you know, and like knowing that you're doing the right thing. You don't you don't need anyone to validate you because mm. if you can't validate yourself, then how can other people validate you, I guess? like, And like just in the same way, like when you align your spirit and your that light shines through and people recognize that you're balanced, it's the same with your art. Like once you stop yeah. trying to validate yourself and whatever, like more people actually gravitate to your to your work. Mm. I've noticed mm. like 
in the beginning when I first started and I used to send off a mix to someone to listen to, I used to be like, oh shit, they're probably going to tell me that. And then I used to get all those feedback. Oh, the vocal's not loud enough, this, that, that. But in the last five, six years, I hardly get much of that kind of feedback because I send it with such a energy and aura of confidence that I know what I'm doing and I know exactly what I'm doing. If there are any changes, it's usually slight. And generally, instead of coming at it from an ego perspective where I'm like, yeah. don't tell me, I know, I mean, I think it should be like this. I'm more like, yeah, how can we, because I understand the nature of business and how I'm actually working for a client you know i mean they they my boss at the time no matter who it is like if it's an mm -hmm. artist i'm working for them to create a, a, a project i suppose with you it might be different because you creating your own unless you you've been commissioned to do something yeah, but, um, yeah. But i think it's i i i can relate to that but also i think we have to look at the other side as well that like the person who is who's bringing you on as an artist has to give you also a level of respect yeah because i think there's it always, it sometimes always goes like the person who's doing the work feels like, oh my gosh, I have to give, but actually it works two ways. And I think since COVID and people are realizing you can work from home and you can do things from home and now employers and people who are employing you to, for your talent, they're showing a lot more respect. Yeah. Whereas before yeah. you felt like subordinate to them and like, they're, 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 like, no, actually it's, it's two way. Like, no, it's true. And I think that's what I'm learning as well. Like, I love that, you know, I have these exhibitions and like I'm blessed, but also I want to be totally independent mm -hmm. because I don't want to have to give half of my profit to someone who is, you know, not actually like, I, I don't know, for me, that whole thing of, I would just love to be totally independent. So is that, is that how it works then? So like if, if a gallery shows your work, they take a massive percentage or they take 50% bro. <laughs> okay because that's like and you know people who are who like buy my work from me independently galleries it's like you know they take away half your earnings and that is a really hard thing to stomach yeah because it's well. like all of your effort has gone into it yeah all of your effort all of your commitment for only half of the money it's like yeah there's the logic there's no logic <laughs> And you basically and just you need their contacts and their people and the people that they bring in and whatever and all that type of shit. And the yeah, yeah. But you know, honestly, bro, I think it's the the art world's changing because I think, especially being a person of color, we unfortunately don't have enough representation in that world, mm -hmm. and that whole game has to fundamentally change. You know, I've worked with so many commercial galleries. And I just, I, I despise it because it becomes, it becomes a money thing. It's actually not about talent. It's about money. And then there becomes this, this disillusionment of like what people think art should be. And I remember going to exhibitions and seeing exhibitions. I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> what is this? This is crap. <laughs> Like, I was literally mind-blown. Like, how is this stuff one size I stopped, this I stopped going to exhibitions like, because of that reason, bro. Like, literally. Yeah. I got more into, like, um, the the lowbrow and the, the newbrow scene, like, in the, um, the early 2000s or late, well, mid-2000s. Like, yeah, mid-2000s. You mm. know, where the people started mixing mediums from graffiti art and, you know, that type of shit and actually showing it as what it's supposed to be true art and like presenting it in a highbrow art fashion. So there's these galleries like in the States called Think Space and stuff like that. They've been following. Um, and yeah, like you should, 
I had my friend on yesterday who was also an artist in South Africa and he was literally saying the same thing, exactly the same thing. He's been through the same things in South Africa as well. And also wow. being a person of color, experiencing the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you that, I think that that's one, the ball yeah. game that needs to change, you know, because even I'm seeing, coming back to ends, I'm noticing actually all the, the whole grime scene as well has changed. Like boys from, boys from the hood are actually making it independent and not needing a record label to make it big. Yeah. And I'm watching their music videos with like where I grew up and I'm like, wait, what? The whole scene is changing. Like you can be independent and make it. You don't need these people who have all this money to make you feel like you're valid. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a powerful thing about the internet and the time that we're living in is being, is, is having the ability to create, create your own niche now. Yeah. You know, if you can, develop you and I think like any quality art will eventually get seen I, I honestly believe that and like if you can create a decent enough following those people are going to come to you and then you the bargaining tools will be on your side do you know what I mean it's not like you going to them begging for a record deal or for you know whatever like in, in, in your field I'm not sure what it would be like maybe a, a I don't know a resident well, we can yeah. collaborate with everyone you know that's oh, the yeah. thing because we could do music videos we can design people you know EPs like it depends what you what your attributes are as an artist like it, and it depends how you facilitate your skills I guess mm. I think I'm lucky because I'm multifaceted I can I can use that to then kind of like find my way almost yeah most of us are multi-skilled these days you know what I mean you have to wear so many hats so, so the opportunities are there man and I yeah. see even like within my circles and people I know like yourself and Marv and Muti and you know what I mean people like Shanti and mm -hmm. those people like people are doing it man everyone is literally creating their own little groups and then we all get interlocked and intertwined and when we need each other we help each other and yeah. it's it's really a, a beautiful thing that's happening it is it is and I think it's yeah it's just it's finding it's finding that for yourself but it's I've I've also realized the thing with time is you have to be patient with time, mm -hmm. you know, because I think sometimes I can be quite impatient. All of us, man. Like now, now, now. All of us. Yeah, and it's like, yo, step back. Just maybe go meditate for 20 minutes, rethink, come back, and come back fresh. But I think timing is a very, very special thing that you have to just, you have to respect. I think it's the culture of people like, you know, oh, have you heard that track? Oh, you haven't heard it. Oh, that's so old. For me, it's not like that. You know what I mean? I'm constantly discovering shit that's been made 50 years ago or like yeah. 100. I'm like, yo, this is fucking dope. Yeah. You know, yeah, or even yeah. two years ago or bands like, I just discovered this band recently. You should check them out. Did I send you the link for Krangbin? No, I don't they're think they're called so. Bin. So they like, they make kind of like Thai infused Arabic, Afghani wow. punk shit. Like, and they're a band from Texas in the States. I'll send you a link, man. They are fucking so dope. Like, I spent about a month, a few months ago, just listening to this band nonstop. Yeah. And they actually played at... Um, did you ever come to Marv's, one of Marv's open nights at, uh, you know, the opposite Shanti's place in... Yeah, Grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grow. They performed there in that spot, man, like a few, like wow. two years ago. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Was like, but see, isn't it funny as well? Because it shows you pockets of London that... that that this still happens, but you have to tune into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm someone who's massive for me at the moment, I'm just continuously listening to Prince. Like, yeah. I, 
Prince is giving me so much at the moment, man. Like so much, all of his words, just everything. And I'm actually going back more to that kind of style of music at the moment because it's giving me so much solace. You know, the old school greats, just the speaking things that, you know, we're looking at society now and it's like, wow, what, what you guys knew at that stage, we need to try and take this and use it and manifest it and help people realize it before, you know, it's too late. But that's what I'm saying. You're talking about like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm reading some shit like from the 1800s, like or the late 1800s. And I'm thinking, fuck, this shit still applies right now. These motherfuckers are talking about this shit for time and time and memorial and over and over, like these same cycles of, of things happen. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that is a really, actually, it's funny you say, because I was on, um, I'm basically going to a festival called Medicine Festival. Um, it's newly curated and it is, there's going to be shamans coming from indigenous tribes. Um, there's going to be like musicians, artists, and basically they're trying to manifest this medicine that we have in our brains and as humans to try and help move, you know, humanity into a new direction. When is that? So I was on a call for World Indigenous Day, which was, I think, last week or the week before. And it was, I mean, I was on this Zoom call with people, like tribesmen from the Maasai tribes and tribes people from the Amazon rainforest. And I was just sitting there, like I used to watch this as a kid on the Discovery Channel. And I am sitting and listening to these people's truth. Wow. And yeah, so Medicine Festival is next, next week. So I'm currently in self-isolation and just very deep healing before I go to this festival. Where is it? Um, it's actually in a private estate in Reading. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, super, it's super amazing that they're able to do it during COVID as well. But, you know, this is what we need at the moment. And mm. I think it's like, there's going to be, you know, doctors from high-end universities from America coming. Um, you know, there's a guy, that guy, Bruce, who done that, that channel on discovery. Um, he'd done a show of like going into the wilderness and he's going to be there. So there's just amazing people to connect with and help me learn how I can bring in, you know, my own spirit and what I can do to help better. This well, time. that's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's going to be really awesome. such a blessing, like such a blessing. Yeah. I was going to ask you what spirituality means to you, but you've kind of, um, already put it in in uh, a nice way anyway. It's hard. I, do you know, because I've was i I've been hearing actually one thing, I was, it was really interesting that I was talking to a friend not so long ago about this and I'm finding like the, like when, if someone approaches me and they're like, oh my God, I'm so spiritual. I'm like, no, you're not. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't need to approach me. Yeah. Spiritual. You don't have to preach about me. To your people who you are, you know, are spiritual. You don't need to say, so I'm spiritual because I do this. And like, no, <laughs> you're, you're talking out your ass. I'm sorry. Like, it's offensive. You, 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 if you're spiritual, you don't, you you don't, don't need, need to, to say, say it. You're, it comes across. People can mm. feel it. Like, yeah. all forms of energy, you can feel that. Like it's it's I, I don't get I don't get this. It's a commoditizing of spirituality. Yeah, I've I've kind of always like I've kind of always had not always, but I've I have that same perception because I find especially when I go to certain places or you know like grow and those places, you know, people mm. wearing certain things and you know specific outfits and whatever. The and like variants. 
yeah, or like hippie types, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, and I mean, I don't always, I mean, I dress the way I feel, you know, I mean, like sometimes yeah. I'll even be like quite smart, you know what I mean, or whatever, but I don't feel like I should be defined by how I dress, you know, like if I'm spiritual, I'm fucking spiritual, you know, I don't need to wear fucking dashiki and, you know, have like whatever, like beads and whatever. I mean, if that's what you do, that's cool. But like you say, man, you don't need to because then it starts bordering on, like you say, the commoditized version of religions. And I've always, like, that, like, it, the, my first experiences with, with I grew up quite, like, religious and stuff in Christianity yeah. and that. And that was, that was one of the first things that kind of pushed me away is, like, this whole, you wrong, you're going to hell, this, that, blah, blah, blah. You have to do this, 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 this. And I've made peace with it now. I mean, I've made peace with Jesus, Buddha, Allah, everybody. Like, and I kind of, I love the religious texts and the information in there. And I still read a lot of them all the time. Mm. But that whole thing about you have to conform to this way of being. And especially because it's so fucking fragmented. There's so many different sects. And there's always one dude in the head of this fucking church or whatever group that is leading all these other fuckers and telling them about his spiritual awakening when that's his. I have mine. You have yours. Everybody will have their own. You know, yeah. and it's up to us to look at these spiritual teachers and learn from them, you know, and find your own awakening. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We're both still on that journey, you know, like, and sometimes I think it's like, I can slip up, but I, I check myself when it happens. And I think what you were saying, even about the, the style and what you wear, you can, you can really feel like I can see it like intently when I look at someone and they have their fashion and if they are wearing spiritual things, I can tell when they're authentic and yeah. Yeah, true. You can feel it immediately. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's wearing something, you look at them and you're like, wow. Like, yeah. I, I, I've been doing it recently, just looking at some people and I'm like, wait, uh, where have you been all of this time? <laughs> and like, how the universe allow us to connect in one way, shape or form? Like, yeah, like certain, like people like, um, have you ever seen this couple called the Ascension Seed? No. So it's like a husband and wife. I don't know if they're actually married, but they like, look very hippie and stuff like that but like you get such a well i get such a warm feeling from Actually, wait, i think they followed me on in, i think possibly right? yeah i've been yeah, following yeah. them on instagram and i've I met them at well i've seen them at grow and like mobs knows them and mufti knows them and stuff like that yeah. like, when i see the two of them together like they have such a beautiful love and their child and like when they say things and do things i just it resonates with me you know what i mean i, I feel like pure love and purpose in what they're actually saying and what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I completely get what you're saying about that one sometimes. But I think it's, as, you know, as well, like I'm going to go to a medicine festival, but I know after medicine festival, I have to go back home to the motherland. Like I need to go to Kathmandu and I need to, I need to spend some quality time there. But ex again, going back to time, it will happen at the right time. Yeah. Like hopefully right I can come with my you, but I want to go there. <laughs> yeah man it's just i don't know i think it's it's time to wherever your culture is go back and relearn and you know like things will connect while you're there but i think with me going to medicine i'm waiting for the the right time that the universe will then bless me to then go to back on to Nepal. yeah same i think for me i'm starting with this podcast i'm connecting with like so many people from back home and like I cut myself off. I was off Facebook for years, mm. you know, didn't really connect with anyone from my past and stuff. And partly because not that I hated myself, but like, I just, I didn't want to, 
I just wanted to leave that part of myself behind. I didn't want to be that person anymore. I wanted mm-hmm. to come to London and be, you know, like, like say you coming out. For me, that was my coming out. You know what I mean? Like just being able to express myself in any way I want to and not yeah. have to conform to certain things. And, and then also looking back, like I, I realized like a lot of the things may have just been in my own head as well. Like you kind of build up these perceptions that you have about people and how they think, how you think they think about you and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, age has obviously helped and mellowed out and shown me things. And now I, I feel I'm a bit more at peace with myself in order to kind of address those things and really move forward, like in terms of spiritually and with my music and my career and my art. And yeah. And it's funny actually you mentioned kind of the social media side because I've been really like, Chewing and throwing with social media, but I know at the moment I've I have to when the time tells me to stop being on social media, I have to stop. Take a break, yeah, yeah, Take you know, break. because you're actually you're it's like moving into kind of away from the industrial age and now moving into the information age. We are bombarded with information, you know, and actually sometimes you have to for your soul to just be like enough's enough i need some time out like I, I don't like and you can dip in and dip out and that's not a bad thing yeah i did that for the first four months of lockdown like i left my phone in the other room mm. at night you know i wouldn't i wouldn't use it at all wake up meditate that kind of stuff but then in the last two months because i'm studying again okay um, and whatever i'm just kind of back in this whole busy but i mean it's cool i know that it's for a time and yeah. uh, you know i need to do it and obviously i'm building a social media presence and building this podcast and working on my production company and working with people and stuff like that. So I need to kind of, like you say, dip in and out all the time. But there yeah. are times where I feel like, shit, man, I've just been spending ages on this fucking phone. Like my, my fingers are going weird and like my brain is like fucking... <laughs> I don't know, I have to go cross-eyed. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then even when I put down the phone, then I go on the TV and then I put on YouTube and then I start watching stupid things like Dave Chappelle or like just yeah. going in the YouTube wormhole or like, you know what I mean? Like football shit. Or like, oh man. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's one thing I've been doing is consciously not not watching too much TV. That's actually been one thing I really, really like, like had to just, just take time. And anything I do watch, it's usually either animals or educational based. So it's, it's teaching me something and it's helping me something, or I'm listening to mantras from, you know, my people's tribes and like learning, learning the old words and the old ways to actually heal your spirit, you know? So you've got the, the, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then my Ganesh ring as well. Nice. Did you ever look at, did I send you anything on um, uh, my guru, uh, Sadhguru? Yeah, so it's funny you sent me him because me and my brother was telling me about him and I, I need to look more into him because my brother didn't connect with him, but I need to have a look at him to see if I can connect with him or not. Yeah, he's one of those people that some people connect and some people don't, but I really... Because, I mean, I've also kind of delved a lot into the, the Eastern mysticism and philosophy. I've kind of always been dipping in and out for a long time. But especially I've had more time in the lockdown. And, I mean, just before, from last year, I read the Mahabharata, which mm. was fucking epic. What a story. Mm. And then recently I read the Bhagavad Gita and I read Autobiography of a Yogi. Yeah. And bro, man, these are some serious texts, you know, like these are some seriously 
yeah. eye-opening and, and spiritually awakening like texts that have been there and have been around for like we're talking about six thousand years or some shit mm. like that. Or, like you know, mm. what I mean, it's just like some serious information. Yeah, you know, that that's that is there and at our fingertips that we just need to tap into. You know? Yeah, and I guess you know it's weird that I wear the Om symbol because Om is like also all about your breathing and if you chant yeah. Om and like I chant, yeah, I chant. You know, from a kid, I have my dad has always taught me about. Uh, so it's just, and this was given to me by our family guru from. Uh, Nepal, so he usually comes back and gives us jewelry just to. So do you know how Aum transcends? I mean, obviously, other than just the sound of it and like the the spiritual nature and the you know the sound of God, like um, into other religions and stuff. Ah, Aum, Amen, Amen, Aum. You know, I mean, it's like a basic initial sound for for the name of God or for like the universal sound of God, basically, and it translates yeah. into most religions. And it's funny, isn't it? I guess just how religion is just like, it's gone off in so many different tangents. And like, I, I, I would never ever like slay any religion, but it's, if people find solace in their religion, then it's a beautiful thing for them, you know? Like, just don't push it like, me. That's all. That's the only thing yeah. I ask. Yeah. Find your spirituality, whether it be Islam, Christianity, Hindu, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't mm. matter. It's whatever gets you doing and being a better person to other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I guess, the essence of it, really. Yeah, man. It's like, I think it's with two... I think it's always, even going back to the sexuality thing, and, like, there's always categories within categories within this category, within this box, and you're that box. And it's like, why why does this matter? Yeah, man. Literally, and I feel like that awakening in each person is, is meant to be. This is what all the great spiritual teachers spoke about Jesus, Buddha, you know what I mean, the Muhammad, whoever, they've all basically mentioned the same thing is that it comes from within you. You know, mm. and I feel so many misinterpretation gets sent out to the people because, I mean, fucking hell, the Middle Ages, most people couldn't even read, man. You had fucking people regurgitating information from this book, you mm. know, like, and then people just had to take it as the word, you know what I mean? Plus the fact that these texts and scriptures have been translated like from how many different languages and ancient languages and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, the essence will be the same, but like it's easy to misinterpret the text and use it in different contexts for your own personal gain, depending on what your motive is, if you have one or, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was funny, actually, because I was in um, one of the conversations I was in with actually the Maasai tribe with... Um, Talking to an, uh, I think a museum in Cambridge, was it Cambridge or Oxford? One of the two. And they're actually asking for their belongings from their tribe to be given back. Yeah, fuck's sakes, man. Give that shit back. You know, like I was in listening to this, this talk about it and actually in the talk and listen. And I was just like, now this is moving. This is moving humanity in the right way. Like fucking well done, guys. Like, what and they they're storing these objects in the wrong way. They haven't even talked about them in the right way. And you know, these tribes people went there and they looked at their belong and they were like, that belongs to my neighbor, and this belongs, and this has caused this rift in this family. And it's like, do you actually realize what colonization has done to wow. these people? You have actually destroyed their history. And I had to turn it off. I turned off the camera because I, I was just I, I mean. 
even every day I've been so emotional. It's that deep to realize that they Mm. do know that that's what it's done. Well, they do know that divide and conquer. They do know that stripping people of their histories and their heritage is going to create conflict. And this is why Africa and all these places are the way they are, you know? Mm. Mm. Literally. And I think it's just fundamentally, like, it has to. No, actually, not even it has to. It will change. Yeah, it's, it's changed. The spirit of Mother Earth yeah. changing everything now. Yeah. Like, if you look at all the natural disasters at the moment that are happening, it's like, how much more time do you need before you actually wake up? Because Mother Earth is going to teach us a very hard lesson otherwise. Mm. Bro, just in closing, man, I don't want to go on for too long and take too much yeah. of your time, but like, um, are there any last thoughts or anything that you want to leave with us before you go? I'm going to put like, any links or um, anything that you want to share with the viewers in the description of the, the YouTube channel? So. Yeah, well, I'm actually, I'm working on a new project at the moment. I'm still manifesting the project. Um, it's called London Osmosis. Yeah. Um, actually, you're going to be a part of, but I'm just doing the process at the moment. Jeez. So it's taken different musicians, artists, a branch of different creatives into one hub. Um, and I'd done, I'd done this project first in Asia and it was called Asian Osmosis. So now I'm coming back and doing it in London. Um, and just connecting the dots with people who usually wouldn't be connected with, but not just keeping it in the white wall art culture, actually bringing culture together in one because culture is music, culture is food, culture is people. So yeah, that's my new project at the moment. And. You can see kind of my art on my Instagram, so you can put links to that. Yeah, um, yeah, you uh, just send me your links and stuff. Yeah, it's just namaste to the people and send them my blessings to everyone. One second, and I'll get you back on. Like, um, what I want to do is everyone I speak to is like maybe six, seven months or whenever we get you back on, and then we can get have an update and see how things are going and stuff. And, oh, yeah, man. Hopefully, I'll be in another country. <laughs> That'd be nice though, man. We can now, uh, you know, now with the technology, doesn't matter where you are, bro. Yeah, hopefully I'll be on the beach, be like, hey, look, look he's moving up. Like, yo, is that green screen? <laughs> <laughs> you like, <laughs> it's like, no, oh, yeah. this is the beach. All right, Adam, go jump <laughs> in the sea. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on today, man. Honestly, yeah, thank you so bro. much, bro. Like, thank people. you for doing something like this. This is sick. Yeah, man. Lessons, bro. Like, people don't forget to like, subscribe, you know the deal. Press the notification button. The other side of the sun podcast, Solar Kid signing out with my boy Adam Popley. Adam Krishna and Popley. Yeah, bless you. <laughs> bless you, bro. Thank bless you so much, bro. man. Yeah, man.